0: up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. No does, he away. He's going to take it to the house. 85 yards. Down the right side going Devin Smith.
1: Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. The one
0: show that's nothing but the Buckeyes.
1: Oh! Hey, Brad for the touchdown. Kraft shoots it high on the right for three. Yeah.
0: This is the Buckeye Show.
2: Yes it is. Good to be back Buckeye fans. Timmy Hall here with you after a few days off. You know, I, I felt like I did The old Anthony Rothman special, my pal from the 12 to 3 show, always just admired the way that that guy utilized his PTO bench. I mean, my goodness, sneaking a Thursday, Friday, then maybe a little Monday, Tuesday on the other side. It just, you don't even take a full week, but I feel like I just took two weeks off and now I'm refreshed and I'm ready to go. And I can't wait to do this two-hour program with you guys tonight. Joining us, a real live Buckeye who played defensive back, played safety for the Scarlet and Gray. Tyvis Powell is on the show this evening. Tyvis, give it up, man!
3: Hey, thanks for having me. But you know what? It was good when I was past during the past season, getting to call in and talk to you. But to actually be a co-host with you, I'm honored.
2: Man, it's something else, isn't it? This is a different vibe. This is a different feel. I mean, you've been doing so much stuff since you've uh, finished up your playing days at Ohio State and spent some time in the NFL, man. I mean, you've been doing some podcasts. I know you've worked with our guys over there at 11 Warriors. You've been doing all sorts of stuff. But And and I heard you with our friend Matt Andrews, our sideline reporter on Thursday and Friday. It's just great that, that I got a chance to host with you now this Wednesday.
3: Listen, I just didn't want to butcher the show while you was gone. Oh, you know, please, I was just trying please. to do what I could. Please, <laughs> I was man. I make sure that it was a, a smooth transition while you was gone. Just trying to hold the fort down. You know what I'm saying?
2: Dude, I don't know how you could even <laughs> say something like that. Do you know... How, what my inferiority complex is anytime I get around guys that actually played the game. Like, I feel this small. I'm holding my fingers as close together as I possibly can. It just doesn't even make sense to me why they let me do this when there's so many guys like you that are out there doing your thing.
3: Oh, you got me blushing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can tell. Well, you know, when, uh, when people have asked me, like, who would you like to work with more? Like, who, who are some of the next Buckeyes that are coming up in the media game? And your name has, has come up a lot in the past six months, which is why we mm. reached out to you, and which is why you're doing, every, you're doing some more things with us. And we're going to hear you on high school football this season, which I'm really excited for that. I'm going to get to work with you a few nights, a few Friday nights throughout the season on uh, high school football as well, because our guy Matt has to travel for the Buckeye football team. And when they're on the road, I think uh, in 15 days, at minnesota i can't believe it's that close man that friday after minnesota we'll get a chance to work together on some high school football but you always sound like you're having a good time that's what i tell people about you like what does Tyvis bring to the table i say well, well thing one guy always sounds like he's having fun and you can basically hear him smiling through the speakers that's what i love about you the positive energy man
3: Listen, life is life has is full of ups and downs. You know, it's all about how you view things. You know, (laughs) I always look for the positive things that's going on in the world. You know, so you can't focus on the negative. If you focus on the negative, then life's gonna bring you down. You know, you just gotta be happy and enjoy the good moments.
2: Well, man, I think for at least when you're talking about the Buckeye Show for these two hours. Buckeye football has been in such a strong place even Buckeye basketball here with what Chris Holtman is doing and all the other Olympic sports all of our young men and women that got to enjoy some times out there in Tokyo whether they medaled or didn't getting that experience it's been great you talk about athletics taking the trip around the block oh. But you could be a good guy to have on the show every once in a while because I, f- I feel like sometimes the negative starts to seep out of me. And so if anybody can bring me back onto that positive road, that's going to be a good yeah. thing.
3: I had to do that for you last year, you know, when I came on uh for my little 10 minute segment, you know, you was you was mad at the secondary and I had to tell you you know, just just keep it cool. You know, it's just one game, you know. We're going to get things right. Oh know? yeah, and how did that tu- how did that
2: turn out? I think it the was, negativity it was, was on or ro- something, right?
3: <laughs> it was a roller coaster. No, I won't necessarily say that. It was definitely a roller coaster. They showed glimpses. You know what I'm saying? It was glimpses. Well, we was good, but, you know, it just wasn't consistent. And the last in this game, you got to be consistent. And that's what we just didn't have last year.
2: You absolutely do, guys. You're hearing the voice of Tyvis Powell, the uh, safety from here at Ohio State. He's got himself a national championship ring, of course, part of that great 2014 game. You know, I... (laughs) That 2014 season, I mean, and there was a game within that season that you are particularly known for, and that's pulling <laughs> off the uh, the game ceiling interception in that you talk about a roller coaster game, the the famous game against Alabama with Zeke's 85 yards through the heart of the South, but there, I feel like there's so much more to that game than just that famous slogan that we've attached to Zeke's run and... Uh, we had you on the show a year ago and it's funny because we just re aired that i don't know if you were driving around anywhere between 12 and 2 on saturday but buckeye replay continues to air here on the fan we got two more broadcasts one coming up this saturday then the following saturday and then it's real football as we get to the minnesota game you're gonna get the double overtime 2016 thriller against that team up north jim harbaugh's Spot game. I mean, uh, from my angle, it was that short. So you'll hear that one from 12 to 2. But this past weekend, if you missed it, you missed the Alabama broadcast. And I just loved – I'm the guy that was, would sit in the edit bay and prepare those for, for the broadcast. And so I got to cut that, edit that, narrate it a little bit, and just going back and listening – to your interception. And even our own guy, Jim Lachey, he's yelling at you to go down. It's not just everybody else in the world. It's the color analyst. I think you were the only one that thought about just taking that thing back to the house.
3: Wait a minute! This this is the problem. Y'all, they be too nervous. Y'all was worried too much. Y'all worried too much. A little bit worried. I don't fret. Okay, I didn't fret at all. I knew what I was doing. I knew what I. I knew that if somebody touched me, I was supposed to go down. You think? Wait a minute. You think I didn't know that I was supposed to get the ball and take a knee? I knew that. But listen, what everybody don't know is Armani Reeves grabbed me and said, "Let's go!" And when you (laughs) said, "Yeah, let's do this," he said, "Let's (laughs) go." Oh, but don't man. nobody say nothing to that. Don't nobody see Armani run up to me and tap me and say, come on, let's go, you know? All right, so Reeves, just I just, they Reeves just has I to be just in the cross. He's
2: got to be in the crosshairs now then. <laughs> we'll put Reeves on the block too with you.
3: There we go. Yeah, next time everybody will criticize. Basically, y'all go back and watch how Armani run up to me and grab me and say, let's go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> look man we kid it's all part of the story now i mean it's it's down in the history books everything is good you go to you go to bed at night you've got that ring it all happened you you got the job done you go on to play Oregon before i you know before i start talking about the the events of the day and we got the running backs to get to and you guys will get to hear a lot from uh, what happened out of practice today it was a practice that was completely open to the media so there's a lot of views a lot of observations floating around out there about what happened with the quarterbacks with the running backs you'll hear from everybody coming up Tony Alford, Ryan Day and from some of the backs that are going to be toting the rock for the Scarlet and Gray this season. But when you go back to that 2014 season cuz we're talking about the Alabama game. I mean that is when you get a hold of the Crimson Tide and it it's just that what was the thought process on the sidelines the way cuz the, the early parts of that football game you had it the offense was clicking. I'm sure you guys were watching from the sideline when your offensive guys were out on the field and you liked what you were seeing and how Cardale was moving the ball and Zeke was, was running the football well all game long. But to finish off so many of those drives with field goals at the beginning and then to see Alabama surge ahead to that lead, you had to be thinking like, well, we know the drill. You can't kick field goals against a team this good and expect to win. But still, little by little, you just get back into that ball game
3: and it, by halftime it was
2: completely up in the air anyone's
3: game. Yeah, you know, it was, it was, it gave us a lot of confidence just to see how our offense was moving the ball. You know, at first, you know, it's like, we don't know. Cause, you know, Alabama was kind of known for defense. And then, you know, we knew we had the big task of Derrick Henry. We had a Mark Cooper. So we knew we had a big task and we just thought to ourselves, if we can hold them and our offense can click a little bit. Then we should be good. And just to see them, you know, taking the ball down and just getting field goals and not scoring, it let us know like, all right, we got the right recipe to win. They I know for a fact that they gonna start punching it in the end zone, but let's just keep getting them the ball back and let's just hold on. We gotta hold on while offense figure it out. And I think we did a we did a good job and we turned it up a little bit in the second half.
2: You did, you did. And that I mean to have that of course, Alabama, the one thing that they were missing from that team was one of their legendary quarterbacks. And you know i say legendary quarterbacks the 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 big names that they've just been churning through their program and they've been on to the nfl guys like tua right uh i mean but blake sims was just good he he wasn't a great quarterback but they had derrick henry they even had tj yeldon in that backfield they've always had not one but a couple of insanely talented backs and they had the big time wide receiver that you mentioned and amari cooper they haven't had many as good or better than him throughout the years but your defense was the thing that just sort of came to play, like especially against Wisconsin where you gave up nothing and that's one of the most legendary scores you'll ever circle back to in Buckeye football history. And then to do what you did against, like you said, that rushing attack and then Oregon against the Heisman Trophy winner, everything that we, we say about the story with Cardale Jones going in there and what Zeke did, it was your defense. That was such a big part of that three-game run.
3: You know what I appreciate. I appreciate you, man. That's I'm the, tr- the truth. I, you know what guys we like did.
2: you and Darren <laughs> Lee and Joshua Perry, right?
3: <laughs> we we very, we often get forgot about because of how well Cardell and Zeke played. But I have been trying to tell people, man. Listen, we we got Cardell the ball, <laughs> we, and that, and that first game against Wisconsin, we did that. We I mean, come on now, <laughs> right? I could have played quarterback if we ain't go if the defense ain't gonna give up a point. You know, I could have went out there and played quarterback and did better like that. Come on. But yeah, it's good That's to see good. that. I will say that the thing about the Alabama game is that our uh, defensive coordinator, uh, Coach Fick and Coach Ash said to win that game, we was going to have to get three interceptions to win that game. And I believe Vaughn got one in the red zone. Stevie Miller got one. Oh, yeah. The house, yeah. And I got one to end the game. So we we hit our goal.
2: <laughs> I mean, shoot. Like, as again, like as we're talking about other things in that game that maybe get overshadowed by 85 yards through the heart of the South, it means the Steve Miller band rolling down the the field there with (laughs) one of the more famous pick sixes you're ever going to find in buckeye history that's amazing and yeah how about that you get that third and final interception that your coach told you you might have needed right at the bitter end and of course like right when you think that you're just going to roll away to this victory bama just doesn't die right and they somehow get the ball back and get that chance to get the ball into the end zone, even though it wasn't the greatest chance in the world. And they kind of had to lob it up at the end still to see a ball sailing towards pay dirt in the final seconds. <laughs> when you know, you're just trying to survive and just get on, right? Just get on to the national championship game. First ever college football playoff. And you pulled it off. And uh, the rest is history. And we know what happened on Monday, January 12th.
3: Great day. Well, it a very legendary day. It should be celebrated in Columbus. <laughs>
2: You know, it It should be. I mean, and until you win the next national championship. And, I mean, you, you want the next one, right? You don't get anything out of being the last Buckeye team to win a title, right? No, you okay, need to I'm, see these guys get another one. You're all yeah, for I'm not,
3: that. I'm not one of those guys. Good, that's like, good. You know, I, will, I don't expect it to be another 13 years before they get it done. I, I, I Please, would God. like to see them hurry and get this done, like, in the near future. The immediate future, I'd say. Like sometime like this year would be great.
2: Right. Maybe in about five months or something <laughs> like that, that that would be fine. And it they've, be- they've got the guys. They have got the tools to do it. It's just a matter of what these other teams at the top are going to roll out this year and how, how much better everybody's going to pick. Everyone's going to be. The rosters are expanded for everybody, so depth is a little bit better across the board, not just for the Buckeyes, but for all those other power teams as well. And when you put all this talent on the field around a new quarterback like C.J. Stroud, who all the talk, it just continues to be. C.J. Stroud keeps taking that step, keeps taking that step, Getting a little bit ahead of the curve against Kyle McCord and Jack Miller, and that still is the case today. I wouldn't expect anything different here when they go to name their starter. So uh, we'll get some thoughts on the quarterback situation. As we told you, lots of updates from practice today. The running back room, Tony Alford hit the podium, as well as the head coach, Ryan Day. Don't miss any of the updates. You'll we'll hear from them next. You got the Buckeye show on the fam.
0: Constantly interrupting valuable airtime to sell $3 stickers. What a business plan. The Fan Ohio Sports Destination, where every segment is another Buckeye surprise. You've got the Buckeye Show.
3: It just felt like, like practice, to be honest. But it was a big play because like it was late in the playoffs, and the freshman coming in making a big play in a big game. So it was kind of cool to experience. All right, that
2: is sold number 28 right there. Mayan Williams, the running back out of Winton Woods, who has become a fan favorite, and that he was talking about right there, was the big 15-yard run where he just plowed over a couple guys for the Clemson Tigers as the Buckeyes were getting ready to exercise some demons and win that game and move on to the national championship. And that's a big memory. And look, I think this guy can be really good as we sort of transition things into the running back room here. And you got Timmy Hall and Tyvis Powell with you tonight, by the way. So thanks for being here. And Tyvis Mayan is a guy that's gotten some work here in practice with the Ones And people love him. I love his running style. I mean, how can you not when you get that kind of taste from one of the last big football games that you won? But I also don't want to forget about Master Teague. I just, I want, I feel like I need to say that here tonight. Master Teague has played a lot of good football for you. And he's a guy that's got, you know, a a yard per carry average for his career that's north of 5.5. And that's still pretty good. I know we got an electrifying freshman that we're going to be talking about as well, but. I and I and I'm not trying to say anything bad about Mayan Williams. I mean, you just heard from him there. I love the kid. I just got a lot of confidence in more than one or two guys that could be running backs for Ohio State this year. What about you?
3: You know, it's it's a good problem to have. You know, <laughs> the running back by committee. You know, they all can get in. They're all very productive. I mean, obviously, we know Master Teague is like. In our in our minds, the guy because we've seen him the last couple of years. You know, he didn't have the greatest season, but he was still productive. You know, but my end, I like him because of his style of play. You know, he definitely comes in, he runs the ball hard. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he comes in, he runs the ball hard. He kind of reminds me of a of a Mike Weber. Mike wasn't big, but Mike if he, sure. if he ran into Mike, he was gonna come with it every time. So and that's what he reminds me of. So I definitely think he should get some a lot of carries this season as well. I don't know how they're gonna divide him up with so many running backs but I definitely think he will be the sleeper that will come in and people won't really scout him as hard and he'll come in and he'll hurt you.
2: I also want to just keep in mind how how much Master Teague's 100% health could play into this and what he's going to look like because he's he's been looking good lately and I, I just I know he's he's going to be a guy he's going to be more than a guy in the Ohio State running back room this year and there's there's five players, you'll hear from Tony Alford here in a second, there's five players that he feels confident can get the job done for him. And he's even throwing Evan Pryor, who is the other freshman, who might have a little bit more work to do. But uh, like anything, right, Tybus, I mean... You can come in with all the talent in the world, but if there is a guy that's been doing that job for more than a couple years, that matters. Like Unless the guy's talent has just completely vanished or there's some debilitating injury that can't let him work his way back up to what he once was, experience definitely still matters. There's much more to playing the position than just the physicality standpoint to it. There's the cerebral aspect to it as well. There's the mental aspect of the game, and that has to stand for something.
3: Absolutely. I mean, as you got to look at it, like, you know, this guy has been doing it for years. You know, we can depend on him. We know what he can do. If When in doubt, we know what he's capable of. And, you know, when you play a running back, the the most important thing is handling the football. You know, can this guy protect the football? Take care of it. Yeah, exactly. Because that's like the coach's livelihood. You got to people got to think of it. This is what I didn't realize. But when I got older, I did. When you, when you on the field, like the coach is stamping his name on you. Like his job is depending on how you are on the field. Like, so he's only going to put you on there as if he trusts you. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't, you can't go out there and not be good. Then it's going to be like, well, the coach probably don't know what he's doing. And now he might lose his job. So when you go out there, the coach is only going to put people out there that he 100% right. trusts. And right now, with all these running backs, I, I, I can't see them going wrong with any one of them.
2: Let me let you hear from Master Teague right now, since we've been talking about him, things he's working to improve this year.
4: Yeah, not not being so, you know, my eyes one-dimensional to one side. You know, there, there's, there's some times where I've missed some cuts, you know, uh, backside uh, this past year. So just got to make sure my eyes are in the right place and, you know, reading reading the D-line right. So I've just gotten better, really better with that on certain runs. Uh, you know, not, not going to get into specifics of it, but, yeah, I just feel like my vision is better. That's good. And before you go here,
2: Tyvis, one more clip from Master on how he feels he's becoming a more complete back.
4: Just getting comfortable, more comfortable with uh, on certain plays. You know, certain, certain plays you're better at than others. So, you know, certain... Certain things that the coaches try to do to help you um, to make it easier, to make it more understandable or how this you know, this play is supposed to be, or it's supposed to be ran or whatever it may be the case. Um, but yeah, I just I just feel like, you know, I'm, I'm more uh, have a better sense of the field, the whole field. I think that's definitely going to help me.
2: The other thing, too, I wanted to pick your brain on, Tyvis. back to my earlier point, Master, at the beginning of his time at the podium today, talked about how he's going into his fourth year. You know, this is... he He's looking at himself, and you could sort of just feel it from him talking... He's putting an onus on himself to be more of a leader and to be, be one of those guys in the room that these other running backs can come to if they've got questions, if they've got issues. Master wants to be that guy. I think he feels that it's, it's his time to, to really step down on the gas pedal now because your time is short as a college football player. And I think he recognizes that now.
3: You know what? That, that's a really true statement right there because, you know, when I first got to Ohio State, obviously as a freshman, I didn't really say a lot. You know, I was just a great follower. You know, I just sure. listened to the leaders. But as I got older and I started making more plays, I started realizing people, like, respond to what I say, you know, and I think that's what he's like. You know, I he looks into the running back room and he's the oldest guy there. He's like, you know, they, they're going to listen to what I say. Plus, they turn the film on. They see how productive he has been over the years years you know you have to respect what he says whatever he says like it is probably going to be the truth because he's lived it so with that being said i think he definitely recognizes that plus this team needs leadership you know it's not um it's not a lot of old guys there um he is probably one of the oldest guys there so they have no choice but to really listen to what he has to say
2: i mean you got some guys you know pepper throughout this football team that you would look at as leaders right i mean you look at guys like haskell garrett look at a guy like you know fair munford on the offensive mm-hmm. line guys that have been around chris olave as one of the wide receivers right we'll, we'll talk some more about these these savvy veterans a little bit later on in the show well i want you to listen to travion henderson right now as we talk about one of those phenom dudes who he he talked about or he answered a question about what the expectations are and I think in just seven seconds here, you can sort of tell what the guy is about.
3: i got a lot of expectations for myself. i got big expectations. I don't, I don't want to take that out there, but I've got big expectations for myself.
2: And I apologize for the, the quality on the audio. It was a little different from microphone to microphone over there today. But he kind of said, I don't want to put it out there if you couldn't make that out in the clip. I have big expectations for myself. <laughs> and he was smiling. <laughs> what, you also, what you couldn't see. He was smiling when he answered that question. I thought that said a lot about what he is ready to do and how excited he is for it.
3: You know, I think with I him... Know,
2: my bad, my bad, are <laughs> you right? <flat?
3: laughs> <laughs> I think with uh, you know how how highly he was recruited and all what everybody says about him. I mean, he definitely has the talent. You know, he's he's definitely got everything it takes to be a great back. And I I think he really just wants to reach his full potential. You know, you don't. That's the thing about being in college. You don't want to let the moment slide by. And that's what one of the uh, Veterans had to let me know, like, you only get one opportunity at this. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. And I think he understands what he's there to do, and I think he's going to get it done. Let
2: me let you hear from the running back's coach who was there today, Tony Alford, real quick, how I mentioned he feels pretty good in almost every single back that they have right now.
3: You know, definitely four of the guys I feel comfortable with everything. And, um, you know, Evans Evans really gotten better, you know, as a young guy, and, and he's really gotten better in the past week. We really start to see his game elevate, starting to play a lot faster. Um and he is he's he's got some juice, especially when he gets out on the edges on the perimeter and so he's definitely bit, very happy with what he's coming right now. And um but yeah, I think all five guys are go out there and play for us.
2: That's pretty good. Pretty good faith in guys like Master Teague, Mayan Williams, Marcus Crowley, and Travion Henderson and Given some good words of advice and recognition for Evan Pryor, the second freshman as well at the end. You will still hear from Ryan Day this hour. Uh, Do not worry. We are going to get to him after we talk to our pal from 10 TV. It's a Wednesday at the normal time, normal visit, where we say, what up, Holmes? Our guy, Dave Holmes from 10 TV. That's next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. We like football.
0: And if you like football, we highly encourage you to listen to Morning Juice. It's great. Weekday mornings from six to nine. The fan. A man so professional, he wears a suit to a radio interview. He's 10 TV's Dave Holmes. We'll
2: get Dave on here in just a second. Timmy Hall and Tyvus Powell hanging out with you guys tonight. Thank you so much for being here. I am refreshed. Well, four days off right before football season, and I'm I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm, I think I'm going until uh, the bye week for sure until uh, i'm doing anything else by the way we here at the buckeye show we're sponsored by Moomoo Moo express car wash that's the home of the unlimited wash club and by tire choice is your car or truck treading a little lightly these days for price selection and service on major brand tires see the pros at tire choice with 20 area locations for details and the store nearest you visit the tirechoice.com. dave holmes from 10 tv what's up man what are you out doing today what's going on this afternoon
1: uh, nothing. I so I normally am there in the studio, but a friend of mine from out of the area is here, so we are getting together for a little dinner. So I'm actually on the hotline today.
2: I know this is weird. This is the first time since we've been back that you've been on the hotline and not in the chair. But Ty, before you before you ask him something, man, Dave and I were were talking in the studio before he went out. And we're all just getting a little bit more excited about this football season coming back. It's 15 days away now. You can feel it. And, Dave, you were telling me you haven't been as excited for a trip in God knows how long. Because you did go to a game last year. But as you were saying, it was Penn State. And it was weird because there was nobody there. There was nothing going on.
1: Yeah, it was the whiteout, right? I mean, that's always the best atmosphere every two years. So it's the game I look forward to the most. And I was at Happy Valley last year. And it was so weird. I mean, it felt like some rundown high school game where you were literally sitting in the bleachers and there were 35 people scattered around the stadium. It was such a creepy, quiet atmosphere with the fake cat being played over the loudspeakers. I mean, it was was terrible. And, And it was, you know, what should have been the coolest game was the lamest game. And, yeah, so I'm pumped to get it going with a Big Ten game. I'm pumped because it's a weekday night. I love that for the opener. I remember a few years back going to the J.K. Dobbins coming out party in Bloomington. That was a fun night. Sure. I mean, I I cannot wait for
3: this one. I can't wait. So, would you say that that's that's the game you're looking forward to the most?
1: Yeah, I mean, it probably from just an anticipation standpoint. is. I mean, I was really looking forward to going to Oregon last year, we got cheated out of that one, so we didn't get to go to the shoe. <laughs> I think that'll be really cool, having the Ducks in the shoe for week two. So that, the Ducks in the shoe is probably the overall game I'm looking forward to most this year just because it's so unique to have Oregon come to Columbus. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, to open it up on a primetime game in the conference against a team that's going to be real hungry, you know, Ryan Day, well, I asked him a few weeks back in Indianapolis, the scariest game on his schedule, and he said, it sounds like coach speak, I'll say the first one, but he said it really is scary to open in this sort of atmosphere because half of his roster has never really played in front of a hostile environment before, and they'll get everything they want up there in Minneapolis.
2: Yeah, Dave Holmes from 10TV is with us, and I remember feeling that same few ounces of fear when you went on the road to that game you just mentioned, Indiana. And imagine if you were doing that when Indiana had a few more years to get humming like they are right now, like under under Tom Allen. And they got their their Elio mantra and they got some more players now that are up to speed. But in that game, you mentioned him. It was a J.K. Dobbins game. That's why we remember that one so well. How big a chance do you think going up there to Minneapolis could this be remembered as a Travion Henderson kind of game?
1: You know, it's interesting. Travion's been my boy. We've talked about him on the show before. And this morning I had a chance to talk to Bobby Carpenter. We were recording a season preview for Wall-to-Wall Sports. And I asked him about the running back situation, and he felt the same way I did, which is Master Teague is going to be the anchor, but by the end of the year, everyone will know Travion Henderson. So I'm not Mm. sure if they'll unleash him on night one, but you know Master Teague is a great player who's going to get every yard you give him and block for him. He's going to give you a little bit extra, too. But, man, I really think Trayvon Henderson is the home run here. And I think that he's going to be known sooner than later.
3: Mm. Well, y'all keep talking all this offensive talk. It's making me, it's making me jealous. So let's talk, to, let's talk about the Silver Bullets. Who on the Silver Bullets are you excited to see for a coming out party, since that's what we're talking about, coming out parties? Who for the, for the defense are you thinking is going to have a big game? You know, I think it's Zach Harrison's time. I think he's been a product of Larry Johnson's
1: system. We all knew him when he came out of Olentangy. We knew of his talent, but he's always been buried on the chart. And now he's going to be the heavy guy in the rotation. I think he and Tyree Smith are going to be a great look at But I think Zach Harrison's a first-round talent. I thought he was when he was 17. And now he gets a chance to prove it because he is the undisputed leader now on this D-line. So I can't wait. I mean, I also had a chance to talk to him in Indianapolis. He looked like a monster. All these guys, when they stand next to me, they make me look like I'm five four. You know, and, and these guys are huge. I mean, just he is a monster. Are, are you That's Dave? Well, are you? I'm six foot even. Okay, I'm oh, six foot, But I stand next six to six 6'5"? six five, and they make me look Eight, dead.
3: six foot roster height. He's five ten. Don't believe that. Everybody <laughs> yeah, always yeah, get yeah, themselves their extra inch. You know he's
2: not. He's not in the studio right now, <laughs> so we can't stand back to back. We can't do it tonight. <laughs> Five to you at, the, foot, at
5: best. Guys,
1: six foot at the combine, guys. At the combine. <laughs> at six <foot>. Roll
3: back <laughs> on your heels. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, God. It's too good. Dave Holmes, our buddy, sports anchor from 10TV, chatting Buckeyes with us. You know, we, you and I have talked about Ryan Day a lot. And uh, I, I think, like, we try to stick up for the fact that, you know, people on the outside might look and say, oh, you got the Ohio State gig, right? Good for you. Like, that's really half the battle is just getting the job with what Urban Meyer did. But we know that there's a lot more that goes into it than that. How meticulous you've got to be. How just into your code you have to be. And look at what the recruiting has been too. I'm wondering, Dave, when you look at everything that might affect this team, everything that stands in front of Ryan Day in 2021, what do you think like one or two of the most, the more difficult things that he has to think about? just on a, on a random Wednesday or Thursday night when he goes home with his notebook and is still trying to prep and get ready for this Minnesota game, for this season as a whole?
1: You know, I think if there's one small concern, and let me be clear about this, I'm not coming out against NIL here. I am not. I, I think it's a good <laughs> thing for the game. I'm, I'm pro player. Mm. I do think there's a slight concern, if you're a coach, that are your guys worried about streaming on Twitch to make a few bucks? Or are you watching film? Are you looking at the playbook? I mean... That's my main my main concern if I'm Ryan Day. It's a different college football than it was just six months ago. And can you keep a bunch of guys on task for the team goal? Because at Ohio State, everyone has earnings potential. Everyone is good enough to potentially get to the league, and that's the key. Can you get everyone in and be you know, the brotherhood? Can you keep that real through the whole season? I think if he keeps this group cohesive, and I'm talking at the quarterback group, he's talked about that. We need these guys to stay together, no matter who the quarterback is. He has said many times, as long as they put the Buckeyes first, we'll be okay. And I think that's the challenge: is how do you keep talent all on the same page? Because the talent is obviously there, but you've got to find a way to keep them united in one goal.
3: I agree. That that, that nil bill definitely <laughs> it definitely is a game changer. I mean. Hopefully that people, I mean, they understand the opportunity that they have being at Ohio State and that it's about winning championships and they always remember that that's what's important. You know, the money will be there if you just handle business. You know, that's, that would be my message to them, but you know, I ain't there no more. But can you, Dave, can you tell everybody, what do you think it is about CJ? Assuming that CJ will be announced as the starting quarterback, what do you think is his qualities are that Puts him above the rest of his competition.
1: You know, I think he's polished. I, I think he's ready. He makes good decisions. He seems like he knows where to go with the ball, and that's the key, really. I mean, on most teams, the quarterback elevates the talent. I think this could be one of the rare spots in college football where the talent could elevate the quarterback because with Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and 25 five-star guys waiting in the wings, I mean, Brian Hartline's room is so stocked right now. They need a quarterback to make smart decisions. And I think C.J. Stroud is smart with the ball. I think he's going to understand that. And his legs are plenty good enough to make a play and get out of the pocket. So I think he is he's the right fit right now for this team. And as long as he stays within himself and doesn't try to put up Justin Fields' numbers, they're going to be in good shape because they don't need him to throw 50 touchdowns. They need him to throw five interceptions or less. That's what they need.
2: What's on the dinner menu? God, I can't even talk right now. I'm already. <laughs> you I was must already, be hungry. I was You're already, hungry. I'm hungry. I'm thinking about what I'm going to drink later on. What's on the menu tonight, Dave?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know if they're a sponsor. Do you want me to name drop a company on the air?
2: I mean, I, I don't know. I just. D- is
1: sponsored that could get angry? I wanted to
2: know if you were okay, having okay, steaks or. A or a a yeah, you can, the, you, play can play the, play you can say You play the restaurant. I don't care if you say the restaurant.
1: Oh, you think I'm making Tavares money? I'm getting steaks on a on a Wednesday night. No, uh, we're going to a little local establishment called Roosters. Oh,
2: nice! Yeah, that's great. Fantastic! That's great.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Roosters is awesome, yeah.
2: man. Love me a little wing time.
3: <laughs> he said, "I'm not making Tavares money. <laughs> Don't make that much money." Wow. Is anybody
2: right? Is anybody?
3: Yeah, I need yeah, to go no. Talk. No. Very, few, very few.
2: Must be nice, right, Dave?
3: Yeah, I'm telling you,
1: absolutely.
2: All right, man. Have a great night. We'll talk next week, okay? Hey,
1: thanks Buck.
2: Yep, absolutely. Technically, I'll see Dave tomorrow, but uh, you get the point. Next week, back for the segment. He'll likely be here in studio as well. All right, so uh, we left off talking about quarterbacks right there. I promised you some Ryan Day sound from practice today. We weren't even expecting to hear from the head coach, and then he came sauntering in there, so we got a little five or six minutes from Ryan Day, so uh, that was pretty cool. Some updates on C.J. Stroud, what was going on with the quarterback rotation at practice, Quinn Ewers being out and about, throwing the football around, getting up to speed, and also, uh, Day reminded us of a tradition that's coming back to Buckeye football this year. We'll talk about that next timmy and tivus that's got a decent ring to it it's the buckeye show yeah it's the buckeye show on the fan
0: the off season is a myth serving you 24 hours a day seven days a week to feed your sports addiction the fan ohio sports destination brace yourselves for more buckeye banter this is the buckeye show
2: yes it is timmy hall tivus powell hanging out with you guys until almost until eight o'clock i might have even said that earlier the kickoff for the crew game tonight is right at eight. You get about 15 minutes of pregame coverage for that. So we'll take you all the way up to 740-ish. I don't know exactly what our out time is, but pregame coverage starting at 745. So do not miss any of that. So today's fan poll question, by the way, haven't hit on that yet. Sponsored by Reichert Ford. It is, how will Joe... Nope, that's yesterday's. Let me just read you this one, by the way, because this one is interesting. How will Joe Burrow's 2020 knee injury impact his 2021 season? greatly, somewhat, no impact. Tyvus, almost everybody is too afraid to do anything else other than be the middleman, riding the <laughs> fence. Somewhat impact. 64% for Joe Burrow right there. Until we see him in the preseason, we're going to have some curiosity about what Joe Burrow is going to do. I'll give you a thought on that one because there's another former Buckeye quarterback that's in today's fan poll question.
3: I mean, I think, uh, I think Joe would do really well. I don't think they're going to rush him back in. I think Listen, Joe is a competitor. I don't think it's going to affect him in any way. And if it did, he wouldn't let you know it because Joe is just that that most, that most competitive of a guy. He's going to find a way to get the thing done. So I don't think Joe will be affected by his knee injury.
2: So the situation that we're all going to be watching is in Chicago with Justin Fields because whatever we can say about Joe Burrow, you're looking for that QB that finished his career as an Ohio State Buckeye got drafted highly in the first round, went on to become a franchise quarterback. You are still looking for that guy because, as of now... Dwayne Haskins couldn't be further from that guy. So when will Justin Fields start his first quarter, first game at quarterback for the Bears? That's today's daily fan poll question by Reichard Ford. I don't know why my eyes went to yesterday's question. <laughs> Forgive me for that one. It must, first, it must yeah. have been intriguing. Don't know. It's the old scrolling on Twitter, right? First game, game two through five, game six through ten, or he won't start a game. I don't think many people are clicking that last one. I'm I'm gonna say game two through five. I'm going with that second option, and that's the one that's winning right now with 58 percent of the vote.
3: I was definitely gonna say game six. I was gonna say game six because six you could through ten. Yeah, I think a quarter of the season would have been and went by with the first. Well, it's 17 games now, so four and a half, I don't know how they're doing it now. But but after that, you know, they'll see how the offense is clicking. I think they're gonna. Uh, basically evaluate how their offense is looking with Andy in there if he's doing well if he's not doing well there's going to be time to make a change because at that point it's not too late you know if you wait any later you know it could be the season could have been and slipped away so i think with by game 6 they'll know what they want to do
2: yeah and a lot of people's concern is Matt Nagy and and there's not a lot of confidence from the fan base or people that love the Chicago Bears about him getting the job done ultimately, and there's worry because of what he did with the Kansas City Chiefs when he was there, that that's the way to do it. That you just you play your veteran and you let your star sit because it once upon a time worked when they had Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and Alex Smith was happy and healthy, and he was enjoying some of the best years of his career in Kansas City. It doesn't mean it's exactly the same situation with the Chicago Bears this year, but... Justin nursed in a little bit of a groin injury, so this week could be out. So we will stay tuned. We will see how it goes. Here is your head coach, Ryan Day. Let's get back to the quarterback situation in Columbus. So C.J. Stroud was out there today. All is good, but apparently when things were open to the practice, he was, he was under center when they were working on a lot of their run game work. And whenever there were some passing plays dialed up, it was mainly Jack Miller and Kyle McCord, and Stroud was getting a little time to rest today. Ryan Day on why.
6: Some of you guys were asking just about CJ. We just, something typically we do in camp is just shut them down at times with their arms, so that's, that's all that was. It just depends on kind of their, their you know, how, they, how much they've been throwing, how much we've been throwing, and how tired they get. So we just kind of rely on them.
2: All that sound pretty normal to you, Tyvus. I almost think that means it's even more looking like CJ's the starter and <laughs> that you're giving him some time off there.
3: That's what I would definitely take from it. <laughs> right. it was, we know what C.J. could do. We need to see the rest of y'all. That's basically what he just said. We know we know C.J. is the guy, but just in case something bad happens, God forbid, we need that one of y'all to go in there and make a play. So let's see which one of y'all can make a play.
2: But possibly, and uh, these guys are going to look at the positive side of it, Miller and McCord getting some more chances here, and he hints at later in the week.
6: Yeah, what a great opportunity today for them to – To really step up and and take reps with the ones, and um, you know, big evaluation this week for those guys as as well. And you know, now that uh, we got a few reps, uh, you know, this week with the ones, and um, and then by you know by by Friday, you know, I think um, you know we need to find out who's game ready. And so this is a big week, you know, for all everybody, but but certainly those guys as well.
2: And I'm kind of glad that this guy didn't dominate the press conference. I'm pleased with our media here in Columbus that. Quinn Ewers doesn't need to continue to be the story every single day, especially when we can now understand he's not going to be the guy under center right now. If anything, he is just trying to get acclimated. And here's Ryan Day, just with the latest word on Ewers and how you bring a guy like that up to speed.
6: Well, there's just so much for him to learn in such a short period of time. You know, usually we have months upon months of of time to prepare them before they even step on the field. You know, that's you just got, you showed up. And learning formations, learning everything like that. So it's just individual drills, and we stay, we keep them after practice and and try to teach them the offense. But we're certainly not just going to throw them in there. I mean, that's not fair to him, and and also you know it's not fair to the other guys. You know, I mean, if he doesn't know where things are, you know, he gets somebody hurt. So. Uh, but he, he'll pick it up quick and, and he's learning. And I think the guys are doing a good job of helping him along because I think they understand this is a very unique situation.
2: Did that not speak loudly to you, Tyvis? Look, Quinn could be a superstar here. He will be. He's going <laughs> to be a yeah. transcendent type talent. It's just too soon, and you've got some unbelievable talent right here that's ready to go. And that guy's name is CJ Stroud.
3: That's definitely what it sounds like to me. Like I say, he, you know, Coach Day does a great job of. If you can read through what he's saying, you can read between the lines. He's basically just told us all that CJ is definitely the starter. We're trying to figure out who our number two is, and Quinn is not ready yet. But when we when he get the keys, which will be probably next year or the year after that, it won't be this year, but it'll be sometime in the upcoming years, he's going to take off, and everybody recognizes that because he must be out at practice making some plays, some throws that's making. People go, wow, as a true freshman, he's doing this. You know, he's going to be special. And I think everybody recognizes this. So now everybody's trying to make sure that Ohio State is in good hands for the times, for the upcoming years once CJ is gone.
2: Tyvis, I'll uh, I'll bring this up since I teased this. I want to roll it a little bit into the college football poll so we can have a few more minutes to chat about it. One of the things he talked about today, our good guy, uh, Tim May from Letterman Row, who I'm sure you did many interviews with as a player and then probably even beyond. He brought team. he brought up the Blocko jersey, which I hadn't thought about a lot since the offseason. Coop couldn't have been a better guy to wear the first Blocko jersey as, look, the number zero has been allowed by the NCAA, and Ohio State just had a little cool idea to maybe jumpstart a new tradition. And at least in the first year, I don't know if they're continuing to do this as sort of a an honor to Bill Willis. I know that was said for the first time that it was done with Jonathan Cooper wearing it. And that's cool. If they keep that going, if they're going to honor a different historical Buckeye from year to year, we'll see how that goes. But Ryan Day said they do plan on doing it. And then he, he joked at Tim May and said, well, you're not even going to ask who it is. I'm not going to tell you anyway. And so he didn't, <laughs> he didn't offer any ideas of who he might be leaning towards, but just immediately, like I think of a guy like Haskell Garrett, if we're c- kind of making a fan poll question out of this, Garrett immediately came to mind. Then our buddy, Matt Andrews, who you hosted with a couple of days. He, he jumped in and said, well, Chris Olave and like for offense. Yeah. Like he jumps to the front of the list. What guy or two do you think of for that? Definitely,
3: definitely high school because of all his situation and what he's been through and just... How he came back and had a dominant year. I mean, it, it it just fits, and I feel like And I'm biased on this, okay? Because I I had went out on this rant before about this. I don't believe no secondary player should wear it. it just doesn't look right, you know. I think it's one of those.
2: Oh, the look.
3: It, it's the look, man. It's just something about that zero. I think it looks uh, good. No, nah, not in the secondary. You know, nah, uh, uh, we ain't doing that. We not even gonna do that. You if you if you that deal in the secondary, you wear number two. Everybody knows that. Mm. But I definitely think it's a D line number more like a middle linebacker type thing. And we go on offense. I was going to say something like Jeremy Rucker with the tight end. You know, I could see him uh-huh. putting it on. That's a good pick. You know, people respect his game. You know, he's a leader. That's a really
2: – that's, a really, that. That's yeah, a really good vote. That's a really good vote. You
3: know what? I appreciate that. You know, I thought right. about that. I thought about this. <laughs> All right.
2: Well, I want to. I want to ask you another question about the actual jersey number aspect of it coming up here. And we apparently got some shenanigans going on in the Big Ten to tell you about. So that and more, as we check the college football pulse next. It's the Buckeyes Show on the Fan.
0: Soccer freaks, the black and gold play here every game all season long. Proud to be your flagship station for the Columbus crew. The fan, Ohio Sports Destination. It's time for the college football pulse on The Buckeye
2: Show. Sponsored by Menards. Save big money at Menards. Hour number two of The Buckeye Show. You got Timmy Hall and Tyvis Powell here tonight. You want to follow along with all things. Social media. We are at the Buckeye Show on Twitter. That's it. That's our one-stop shop right there on Twitter. Our guy back there, Triple H, Hayden Heilshorn. Good to see you, buddy. Been a few days. You looking good back there? Has the ping pong game? Oh my God! You had to bring that up, huh? <laughs> had to bring up the ping pong. You
5: smoked me today. I was a little rusty. I had nobody to play while you were gone. I was very it was very
2: depressing, actually. See, I don't mm-hmm. know why you're not giving me stuff right back because I was getting my butt kicked up and down the block by the common man, Mike Ricardotti, a few hours earlier. He, he just... And then I just took that on you for one Yeah, that's, that's all that happened, Tyvis. Yeah. I got my butt beat, so Hayden comes in here, and I'm like, I got to play somebody, and it worked out for me one quick game but
5: that's the thing I have I have nobody to take my anger out on right now like you're gonna leave and it's just gonna be me sitting here and I'm gonna have no one to play you're gonna, mm. you're gonna get that post show game I'm gonna post show quickie there. in i run I'll the come crew. up there and help
3: you out but right? I ain't that I ain't that good so you might actually beat me there so what's
2: go. so what's your games? I got to know what are the Tyvis Powell games that are around the house? Like, have you got anything in the basement? Something out on the patio? Oh. Like, what are you playing most of the time? Oh,
3: oh, oh, we got the hoop. You know, we got the little the little basketball hoop. We shoot it. Love out. it. Come Love on it. now, jumper. Listen, I taught Steph Curry how to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, are oh, you one of those guys, huh? <laughs> Listen, if I would have took basketball serious as I did football, I'd have been all right. I ain't gonna sit here and tell you I'd have been the best, but if I if I could compare myself to like a basketball player, so y'all could get like a sense of who I was like, I was kind of like like a mix between Hakeem Olajuwon <laughs> <laughs> and Shaq. That's probably like if I, that's probably where I was at because I played center in high school. Oh like my Hakeem god, Hakeem Olajuwon and Shaq. You
2: are funny, man. Like, you are. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I it was uh, it's kind of a mix between Hakeem the Dream and Patrick Ewing and a little bit of Shaq. Larry Bird, too. You know, definitely had a little bit of Larry Bird. Deli, listen, me.
3: I, shot, I shot one uh-huh. three in high school. I made it. I stopped shooting after that. I never shot another. I'm 100% from the three point line in high school. Go look it up. Uh,
2: well, hey, what kind of hoop do you have? Are you talking about like the actual outdoor? Like Gorilla, glass backboard, like solid structure. You're talking about an indoor (laughs) basketball game thing that you got set up.
3: Yeah, that's that indoor. Like the skills hoop. Yeah, you know, like, oh, yeah. like the little types. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, yeah, even even on, Yeah, because yeah. 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 you got Come the on. baby girl, right? Yeah, Lely, we got to get Laylee out already. She, look, that's the thing. She's getting tall, so we got to get her on that block. I'm going to teach her them Hakeem skills that I know. <laughs> Plus, her mother was like a. Allegedly, not allegedly, I don't know for a fact, but allegedly, she was like a great basketball player here in Worcester, Ohio. So, like a legend type thing. So. I want to see them two go at it. It's going to be one of the moments where I'm going to get me a glass of lemonade and watch my wife and daughter go one-on-one. Oh, man. She's very competitive. Oh, she's man. not going to let her win. I'm going to sit back and just watch. And when my daughter finally starts winning – I'm going to just laugh at my wife because it's going to be the funniest I thing love in the world it. to be <laughs> right? How
2: often do we sit back and talk about like our father-son battles? You get to just sit back there and enjoy a mother-daughter
3: battle. Yeah, it's, it's going to be intense. intense. And how old is your girl? I know she's still pretty young, right? She's 13 months, but she ready. Oh, man. She, we can't figure out if she's right-handed or left-handed yet. We, I think she might be <laughs> ambidextrous.
2: You are <laughs> in it right now, man. You are in it. I got to tell you, you look up. My wife and I just looked at each other recently, and we said, you know what? Jack is now past his halfway point of living in our home. Like, that's he just went past like that nine and a half year mark where it's like, (laughs) oh, shoot. You're more than halfway to the point that you leave and head off to college. <laughs> He's starting, only starting fourth grade. You're going to cry? When you think about it, it's fast. It goes fast, You're you going to cry when, when he leaves. Oh, dude, man. We'll probably watch Field of Dreams the day he heads out. <laughs> yeah. and we'll just let the tears flow, man. See you I'll, later, man. I, I don't know how I'm going to feel.
3: I don't know how I'm going to feel when my daughter leaves. Like, I'm going to be oh, sad. It's, yeah, of
2: course, man. <laughs> <laughs> You would like to think that you'll be a little bit sad, right? That you've done a good enough job as a yeah. father, that you've enjoyed each other's time. We won't you know. Give yeah, a shake hands or a hug at, at least and send we them on their
3: Yeah, you won't know until they get out there in the world, real world if you like, did a good job. That's, plus, like, that's plus true. My daughter is like, she's like a female version of me. She's just very goofy. If I could describe my daughter one word as goofy, she does the silliest things. And I just, we just sit here and have a good time Bring just laughing. <laughs> no, nah, she, 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 she only know two words that you, you understand clearly. She knows no. And she say, oh, gosh those two words you you hear clear as day but everything else you won't quite understand.
2: Oh, I do I do know that if she's your daughter she's
3: probably got <laughs> laughing
2: down. I oh, bet she's good at that.
3: 100%. What we just be sitting there just looking at each other and we just start grinning. Just grinning at each other for no reason. All right. Let's
2: let's let's get it back to the college football here. We've uh, we've done a lot in this segment so far. But, Hayden, I know Scott Frost is up against it right now. Yeah, so
5: Nebraska is being investigated right now by the NCAA for violating COVID-19 protocols. The Action Network picked up a video that shows footage of Nebraska players relocating their team workouts. So this was obviously this past year in 2020, between August and October, when the Big Ten said we are not playing. Nebraska moved their team workouts and lifting sessions to uh, an undisclosed location off-campus. And, yeah, so I saw a conspiracy theory that this is actually the University of Nebraska releasing this, trying to get Scott Frost fired, but I don't don't know about
2: all that. This is unbelievable. Some more that uh, NCAA interviews, including with Frost, have already taken place. The school, uh, like you said, has significant video footage confirming the practice (laughs) violations took place. Yeah, so when you read it that way, that the school has significant video footage. I guess, what are you saying? Like, good on you, Nebraska, for not burning the videotape and being an, an upstanding university and being there for the NCAA because everybody loves that entity to do their their crack investigation, which they're also so good at. They didn't even find anything wrong, apparently, at Baylor with everything that happened at Baylor with sexual assault and abuse running rampant in their football program. In Tivus recently last week, they couldn't find anything to hit them with other than a slap on the wrist. And you're talking about some of the more ugly stuff that we've seen dating back to you know what happened you know, years ago at Penn State. It says here, though, that Frost had obtained legal counsel and the NCAA interviewed him, multiple current and former staff members, administration, and football players regarding the allegations that date back 12 months. So, yeah, what's your viewpoint on this? Just with everything that's going on with Frost as a coach, now you throw this on top.
3: Well, I mean, they, they got video footage. It's just hard to uh, <laughs> to go against that. I mean. It's, it's
2: about what would the penalty be? Like, <laughs> is this a big deal or not would be the question.
3: I mean, he's trying to get his guys ready, isn't he? Like, uh, It's hard. It's hard because it's wrong. It's wrong to do for sure. I think he's just trying to get an edge, though. But uh, uh, the penalty. make a You know what? Suspending for two games. Two games, no pay. The old two-game suspension. Two games, right? no pay.
2: What are we here with Urban? A three-game suspension? Was it
3: three for Urban? He got to get four. <laughs>
2: oh, they, you they go beyond the Urban suspension
3: <laughs> for he gotta, this? He got to get four. I don't
2: know if we're comparing, a, if we're comparing that a, to this. COVID yeah. is a
3: big deal now. Hold on. COVID is big. That's, no, that's, that's,
2: that's true. I'm not trying to make light of that. That's, that's very true. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing that if the conference shut down. I know what... what is interesting here though, Tyvis, is who were the two main universities that were really openly pining to get the season back quickly and <laughs> safely and have everything above board so we could have room for error with COVID ramifications? Yeah. It was Ohio State and, and it was Nebraska. Nebraska, right? That's right. That's
5: right. And they You're had right. the
2: parents for both schools that were very open about it. Players are very open about it. Nebraska's president, you know, everybody was talking about they were one of the first to talk about, well, we'll leave the Big Ten, you know, and just go play somewhere if you're not going to let us play. And to find out that they were very, so gung-ho about it that they just went on and practiced anyway, it's it's not surprising, I'll say that. It's wrong and against the rules, but not surprising at the same time. And for a coach that can't win games anyway, <laughs> it's a little embarrassing that this is being found It is, is, it found is out. really
3: sad. I think that's, it's sad in itself that you did that and you still just wasn't, that of this past season that that's wow
2: and you're right it, it should be a handful of games because we didn't even mention the other part or if you said it at the beginning hayden it was also some improper use of analysts and consultants during practices and games so the more detail you find out about that and like how what lengths were they actually going to to get an edge to get an advantage like it sounds like a little bit of new england patriot type of stuff being yeah. thrown in there but they <laughs> but they couldn't be further from the same right <laughs> than the new england patriots
3: yeah the, the patriots at least when they did it it helped them win the game so this uh, they see the last year was not it wasn't even worth it like I, i'm pretty sure they probably look back like man it wasn't even worth doing it
2: no it's it's sad that's sad what's going on and it, it's not working and I feel for Nebraska football fans because they're so passionate and they keep going to the games, they keep showing support and they just can't seem to get anything working. You almost wonder if it's ever going to happen again for Nebraska when you think about the history and the tradition there if they could ever make it back to that level. Oh, every year the passes. It's it going seems...
3: ha- it's, it's to happen because every, will? everybody has it down, you know. It's think look, let's let's go to the NFL. Cleveland've been down for years. And look what they did! It, it took what like twenty something years, but it finally happened. It might. It's just gonna take a long time until they can get some big recruits in Nebraska. You know, and get the. I mean, I don't think Scott Frost is now. Nah, yes, he's not long
2: for the job. Yeah, he's, not. Nah, nah, he's gonna be out.
3: Can, yeah. So once they get the right guy, it starts with the top. You know, once they get the top right. It's gonna go. Everything's gonna fall in place for him.
2: Yeah, and they did just switch the guy at the top with Trev Alberts coming in to be the AD, and I, I don't have a lot of confidence in that guy being <laughs> being the one to push all the right buttons where he's coming from. But I, I think college is different. you mentioned the Browns; it's just the setup. I think in in collegiate sports, until it changes, like, the way it's designed is for the guys at the top to stay on the top and to keep beating you down because there's not just a The fairness is not straight. It's not a level playing field, right? I mean, you you could probably appreciate that more than some getting to be here in Columbus and seeing the machine that Ohio State is. You know, it's it's, tough for Nebraska to keep up with that when the Buckeyes have it rolling.
3: Definitely. I mean, I mean, we recruit well. Like I say, it's all about. At the end of the day, it's about recruiting and building up the recruits so they can be the best, you know, so they can reach their full potential. And Ohio State just does a great job of maximizing that. I mean, with all the players, we can go down a list of, of and not even the five stars. We got three stars that came in and, and, Exceeded expectation, and you know that type of thing just not happening at Nebraska. I mean, it's not really no big name guys that they're building up, so you know that's that's the problem in itself.
2: All right, I wanted to ask Tyvus one more thing about the Blocko jersey and something to do with just the the actual numeral on the jersey, <laughs> and also it honestly feels like the last dance for one Ohio State Buckeye, and and you had some thoughts on what you've seen from this guy so far. We'll get to that next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan.
0: Buckeye's jackets, hard-hitting talk, and Rothman saving dogs. You know, just a typical day at a sports radio station. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. The best sports talk in the Big Ten lives right here. Now back to the Buckeye Show on the Fan.
2: Timmy Hall and Tyvis Powell hanging out with all of you fine Buckeye fans. Tonight, here on the show, the fan studios that we're broadcasting from are sponsored by our friends at Lindsay Honda. Honda makes the cars, Lindsay makes the difference. So check them out at lindsayhonda.com. Tyvis, uh, before I get some of your viewpoints on Demario McCall, we were talking about that Block O jersey and. You you said something interesting about how you couldn't envision that being for being worn by anybody in the secondary. <laughs> I thought the number zero just seemed like a it's a low numeral. It's the lowest one there is. No. It's really not even a numeral because it's one less than, than number one. But yeah. one is such a fantastic number tell for him. a corner. You got Bradley
3: Roby wearing that thing, right? <laughs> what? We're not doing what? this. No. It's not going to happen. Okay? It's just not going to happen. The, the, the block O, oh, okay. You got to think about it from a jersey standpoint, okay? Now, now this is this is what I'm about to tell you is classified DB information. I'm about to put you on some serious inside information.
2: All right, we're all lucky right now. Listen,
3: listen. Now, are tuned. You can't you can't get a number that's wide. Like you get the zero and it's it's wide. You see how the the zero is wide take up your whole chest, you know what I'm saying? So that would mean the jersey got to be wide because it has to accommodate the size of the number, (laughs) so you can't go out there with a baggy jersey on in the secondary. You know what they going to do if they see you at corner with zero? That quarterback going to look to the left. He's gonna say right now, hey, check whatever they call it. We check it. We going up top right now. Oh it's my a, god! It's a, it's a You're in your thing. mind. I'm telling you. And you listen. Mark my words. You won't see a, do, a good DB where number zero. I, I I stamp my name as my name is Tyvis Chancey Powell. You will <laughs> not see a DV that's good where number zero. I'm telling you, it's just not gonna happen.
2: I think uh, my my <laughs> man Hayden back there is a Detroit Lions fan. He's a sad Lions fan. He's even wearing their light powder blue colors today. Isn't Jeff Okuda, doesn't he have a zero in his number? What's he, 20 23?
3: Or I'm about to say, and you see what he did? No, he switched was 30. It. He switched oh, to 23. he switched? Yeah. He got rid switched. Of the zero. It. Oh, God. See what I'm saying? You see oh, what I'm wait. saying? Tyvus, you were <laughs>
5: 23. Isn't that a wide number, though, because it's too numerous? It's wide, yeah.
3: Listen, hold on now. That's the fatter than is a zero. You know, wait, wait a minute. Hold on now. Hold on. 23 is the universal number for any sport. If you were 23 oh, yeah, in yeah, any yeah. sport, right. you that deal. Okay. No, don't do that. Look, I, listen. Listen to me. It was, at that time I wore 23. It was, it was a time sad in Ohio because I think LeBron left. So I brought the spark back. You know what I'm saying? I, you see, LeBron came to the championship wearing what? 23. You know who inspired him? Me, let's you go. Not? Let's go. Lumber, you, think, you think Lebron wear number twenty three because of Jordan? No, he wear because of Tyus Powell. Come oh on now. Oh God, you you <laughs>
2: have literally <laughs> losing your mind here on a Wednesday night on the Buckeye Show. Oh my God, I, I just saying, Tim. me. Hey, hey. facts
3: is facts. It's not an opinion. It's a fact.
2: Can you level with me real quick now? Just Serious, all seriousness, with this. Jersey being looked at as an honor. Would anyone really <laughs> just say, "No, it's all right"? Like, I, I'm, I'd like to keep my number. Like, it's a, it's an Listen, honor. We don't have to tell anybody about this. But who's the next guy on your list that you would give that to? You know,
3: <laughs> Listen, you can't see I'm that happening, you can right you? Now. Or yeah, I, yeah, I could, yeah, I, yeah, I could. I, I really could. Listen, if, like, okay, for example, you threw out Chris Olave. Okay, if you th- do you think for one second that Chris Olave will give up the number two? But zero? No. You know why? <laughs> because in his mind, his, his number is CO2. You know what I'm saying? Like, CO2. Saying, yep. this is bigger. Yeah, this is bigger well, you got the O there. there.
2: I mean, you got the Olave, the no. o Ohio State. He,
3: well, why would he, why would he need COO? You know, CO2. You know, he thinking of the periodic table. You know what I'm saying? CO2. That's, a, that's probably where he got it from. That's I, I pretty think nice. That's probably why he's with it. Nice. It's got a ring to it. It got a, it's got a meaning. It would be it would be crazy for him to give up that for zero. No, he ain't doing that. He definitely. i mean, He's like, I appreciate it, but I'm gonna respectfully decline that. That's you what do, I believe he would do.
2: You do have me now shifting more towards the first pick of Haskell Garrett and how maybe we need,
3: <laughs> we need we need
2: him to take this. Like we need to put him up for it. We need him to take this. You heard it there from Tivis, The Jersey talk right there. The numbers matter. Listen, the Numbers matter. How they look. Every, how they feel. Everybody the ring.
3: Anybody up under Haskell is probably like, look, you will be doing us all a favor if you just take this number. Just keep it keep it on the D-line. Just keep it there. It's, it, it looks good on the D-line. You know, single digits on D-linemen look good. Because if you wear a single digit as a D-lineman, you that thing. I'm going to tell you that right now because that's just something that just don't happen. Think about it. Chase Young, number two. See what I'm saying? So, with that being said, if he gets zero on the D-line, that's That's nice. Just keep it out the secondary. It's just not going to happen. You know, my favorite
2: favorite number growing up playing youth sports and everything was a single-digit number as well. I was an eight guy. Like the number eight.
3: Kobe Bryant.
2: Kobe. for, For me growing up, that was from my man Cal Ripken Jr. That's the reason that I love that. And some of the best quarterbacks at the time when I was growing up wore the number eight, too. You had, you know, your Aikman's. Your Steve Youngs Mm. definitely would have been more Steve Mm. Young than a Troy Aikman because he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. I did not like them, but... (laughs) You can respect game when you see it as well. But I, I got to ask you, uh, we got to get to Demario McCall because you tweeted something and you've been following this position switch. And I mm-hmm. admire when Buckeyes take the initiative or take that opportunity and run with it when there might not be room. And Demario McCall has just done this a lot through the years. He was the running back. He was the H back. There was some talk about him moving mainly to a wide receiver. He just could never really find the fit in the crowded position rooms Here at Ohio State, but you're liking what you're seeing a little bit from this guy as a cornerback so far.
3: I did. I seen the one-on-one video. First of all, he going against you know if not one of the best, the best receiver in college football with Garrett Wilson on the rep that I just so happened to see. And you know when people make the transition, you know it's not. Listen to me, playing DB is. I'll argue this to the day I die. I won't say it's the hardest position, but it's definitely top two of the hardest positions between that and left tackle, the two hardest positions in football. Technically, and to, to play. Tra- yes, to play, to play—not yeah. to not mental, but to play. Anyways, but to see his technique and how he played it, like he played it right. Like his his break, he got a one-two break. His he quick, sure. He out of the break now. Now I definitely read made My coaching point. That's shit, a tough I route made to my read. My coaching point. That he put My on. coaching point is that he has to drive to the man, which is what I'm pretty sure when they watch the tape, their coaches is going to tell him. You got to look at the man and make sure you get to a hand hip relationship before you look back at that quarterback. Because sure. Once you once your head go back to the quarterback, you're not as fast anymore because you're looking back. Ain't nobody ever ran a hundred meter dash running backwards. <laughs> I mean, looking back, except uh, except Usain Bolt after he then got to the finish line and look back at the competition. But that's different. But once he gets that cleared up, he'll be he'll probably make that play. And to do that against a receiver as talented as Garrett Wilson, I mean, the guy is – I'm a fan. I would definitely like to see him in the game at some point. He, he definitely should get a, ch- a shot out there, you know, get out there to play and show what he can do. He might be like a – and I hate saying this because of the school he went to. He might be like a Jabril Peppers, man. He just could do it all.
2: Interesting, yeah. And, and it's like you said, in the one rep that was floating around on social media where he was defending Garrett Wilson, the one he's talking about – he actually almost made up for it, too. Like, he stayed pretty close to him. And even when you're talking about with that drive and that one little piece of uh, technical work that he missed, he almost made up the play. He was inches. I mean, he had the swipe... He was blanketing Garrett Wilson and an all-star receiver like he is. He makes the catch and comes away with it and wins that battle. But been hearing this for about a week now about how DiMario has had the right attitude and has had some solid practices. He was graded out a champion of that scrimmage that they had over the weekend, the one that seemingly put C.J. Stroud a little bit ahead of the curve from the other two QBs. So that's some good stuff. I'm I'm, I'm proud, and that's cool that he is looking the part and you could tell that that was a guy that was a very very good high school player at that position you're starting hey, to hey, see Tim, yeah
3: let me let me ask you something what number does he wear
2: one right
3: Oh, okay, see, that, See that's a one, isn't it? That's re- yeah. It's respectful. And the second day, that's a res- a well-respected number. You know what I'm saying? You got the Bradley Robies, the Jeff Okuda. Remember that? Remember yeah. That? So he's following. He's on the right page. he got some swag to him. You see know what I'm saying? There you he, go. It just, it's natural. He might have been a DB this ho- his whole life. He probably was a DB but just didn't know it. Now he's on the dark side. He probably don't even want to go back to offense.
2: All right, tyvis I was sitting at my desk earlier today. Something just dawned on me. It hit me pretty hard. I'll tell you what that was next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. Sports, dogs,
0: and movie quotes no human can possibly remember. Rothman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to 3. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. It's Block O on the radio. This is the Buckeye Show.
2: Timmy Hall and Tyvis Powell hanging out with all of you fine Buckeye fans here on a Wednesday. Man, I cannot believe it. We get to tomorrow Two weeks, two weeks on the nose when we get to tomorrow, to the September 2nd opener against Minnesota. So as I was, I was getting ready for the show today, Tyvis and we were texting each other, we're talking about things we're going to discuss tonight, and it was a little after 4.30, and I tweeted, I'm just sitting here on a Wednesday, trying to wrap my mind around the fact that the Big Ten football season started on October 24th last year. I look back on it and I still can't believe it, man. (laughs) I really can't understand it. Like here, imagine how far off we'd be right now, where now we're excited. We're happy. Football's coming back. It's going to be somewhat normal. We're hoping we all stick to that. Delta variant, still a thing that's out there. But right now we're going to get this season in at full capacity. We're at a way, way better starting point than we were last season. It just boggles my mind to think about that, how we could have gotten almost to November to start a football season. We just – it's shocking, right? We didn't have any time to get it done right last season. It's no no wonder we didn't get all the football games in, all eight of them that were supposed to happen.
3: Yeah, you know, last, it was definitely uh, depressing times. I mean, we was – I mean, at that point, we was desperate for anything to come on TV sports related because everything was getting canceled at the time. So yeah, it's it's crazy how how one year has changed a lot. When you know people have got more research on it, and you know people starting to get vaccinated and stuff like that, people are starting to do the things necessary to make things go back to normal again. And you know that's you just got to appreciate people being on the same page with that because everybody was it was it was some rough times last year.
2: I mean, we're we're nine nine year, nine weeks we'd be Man, talking about. I know. That'd still be nine weeks off if it was I gonna happen know what that to do.
3: way. I wouldn't know what to do if they did that again. I listen. What do you remember, remember
2: like what do you remember your mood being or how you were just as a football guy, just getting through <laughs> the day to day, knowing that this and everyone you knew was probably asking you your opinion on it and what was
3: happening. Listen, I, I I really I was really upset about it because it It was other teams that was playing, right? Absolutely. The SEC yeah, was that's, ready that's like. to start. Yeah, they, yeah they everybody was. More. So Why I felt like if they could do it, why in the world couldn't we have done it, you know? And I always say that. It's just something about your Saturdays just seem so much. Saturdays need Buckeye football. You understand what I'm saying? It's it's that one moment. All right, Tim, let's say we go through the whole week, all right, dude? Just wasn't good. This was, it just wasn't bad week. You know, it happens every, mm-hmm. for me, yeah. it happens once every 27 years and I'm 27 years old, so you could, you do the math. Anyways, just a whole bad week, all right? Saturday is the one day that you look forward to because you know your Buckeyes is going to show up and it's going, they're going to show out. You know, it's like a guaranteed thing. Like, we just know. That the Buckeyes is gonna win this game, and we're gonna be so happy to watch them do their thing. And that was stripped away from us. So, so the whole month of September was just depressing.
2: <laughs> yeah, and look, like I, I think at the time, you know, many of the presidents in the Big Ten, they they wanted to be different. They wanted to go even above and beyond with health and safety. But it would have that almost would have worked better if you would have stuck to the guns, you know, and just not played. But to come back to it and try to squeeze it in the way they did. It just was, it's wonderful that Ohio state was somehow able with that to make it to a title game. That might be the most amazing thing of it all. And that what was left there, what was set at your feet, you're able to somehow spin that into a national title game appearance. It's incredible, man. But, Tyvus with thirty seconds to go, man, it's been fun tonight, man.
3: It was. I, I man, can't I really wait till we do the next one. All right. <laughs> you know what? I just I, I appreciate you taking the time man. showing me the ropes, you know, and getting me, you know, easing me on into this thing. I know I'm not perfect, but you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to work.
2: Hey, it, man. You know? Neither am I. Every show, every show, it's a, every practice, right? Every show, it's a chance to get better, right? And the best yeah, thing so about doing the show on Wednesday is that we can do the show on Thursday. So <laughs> <laughs> it'll be great, man. We'll talk to you soon okay tyvis have Thank a good
3: you, I
0: one it.
2: Columbus crew against the Red Bulls they're trying to get one back tonight as well crew action up next on the fam whatever you're doing
0: right now just know that Bo Bishop is enjoying a sip of bourbon even if this promo is playing in the morning no judgment oh sweet morning drinking the fan